MSW Media. Thanks to Hunter Douglas for supporting Daily Beans. Hunter Douglas makes innovative window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics, and control systems that can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day and bring greater convenience, style, and comfort to your home. Go to HunterDouglas.com slash Daily Beans today to get your free Style Get Smarter design guide with fresh takes, creative ideas, and smart solutions for dressing your windows. And please join me in thanking Credit Karma for supporting the Daily Beans. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, April 8th, 2022. Today, the Department of Justice is investigating the 15 boxes of classified material Donald stole from the White House. The New York Attorney General Tish James asks the court to hold Donald in civil contempt. The Manhattan District Attorney says he's continuing Cy Vance's investigation into Donald Trump, despite the resignations of Pomerantz and Dunn. I'm not sure I believe it. Two men were arrested in D.C. for impersonating federal officers and giving gifts to Secret Service agents, including an agent protecting the First Lady. And the effort to keep seditionists off the ballot under the 14th Amendment is growing. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. That was the most professional. And I'm Dana Goldberg. I think I've ever. See, and I'm Dana Goldberg. And you're watching sick. Like it, it buzzed very much like I was hosting TV just now. And I'm Dana Goldberg. <laughs> and next up, it's Dana Goldberg. Hey, gee, all of that news sounds like we have some like positive things. What? It was a bad fucking day for Donald Trump. I'm Thank just going to say that. The baby yeah. Jesus. I know, I know. And I know there's no indictments yet. Nobody's been arrested. We I don't have a perp walk, you know. That's yeah. not really how everything works. Unfortunately, I wish it was, but it's not. Uh later in the show I'm going to be talking with our friend who is uh, the author of The FBI Way, host of the Bureau podcast on MSW Media, former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence and excellent spaghetti sauce maker Frank Figluzzi. And we're going to talk about these two dudes who were arrested in a Navy Yard apartment building half a mile from the DNC and RNC headquarters near the Capitol that were apparently impersonating Department of Homeland Security officers. And they had a bunch of guns and tactical units and apartments and they were giving shit away for free. To, it's a bananas story. It's like straight out of a one of those novels that whose authors I don't know because I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read the, the, those. Particular I almost had, yeah, I almost had a, a name pop in my head about who writes those books, and then it popped out as fast as it came in. So James Patterson. Yeah, maybe? I think that's who it is. Patterson. Is it? Yeah. Someone maybe. will correct us if we're wrong. And apologize to fans of those books. I'm sure they're fantastic. If I had, if I could, I, I'd probably be into them. Or we just write this one. You know, you know. We'll just write this one. All right, we do have, as you could tell, a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up, the Justice Department has begun investigating the handling of 15 boxes of White House records, including classified information taken to Mar-a-Lago after former President Donald Trump left office. And that's, according to a source, familiar with the matter. Again, again, I repeat it. The Department of Justice is investigating the handling of 15 boxes (laughs) of White House records to come at me, bro. 
This comes as the Justice Department blocks the National Archives from sharing details on the boxes with Congress, which has launched its own investigation. And when this news first came out, somebody just put the letter out from Congress. Congress is being blocked and stonewalled by the Department of the stupid, scary Department of Justice a-holes who weren't, but won't let them get information on these 15 boxes. And then everyone, that's because they're probably investigating officially and you don't want to hand over a bunch of documents to a committee that's got Matt Gates on it when, <laughs> when you're trying Seriously, to, my God. Uh, you know, investigate this shit. So and I think it was oversight and he's judiciary, but whatever. You still don't want any, you, did, you don't want to hand anything over to Congress when you're investigating. So in a letter to the that the House Oversight Committee disclosed on Thursday, Archives General Counsel Gary Stern said the agency is not able to respond to the panel's request for more information based on the archives consultation with the Justice Department. So it wasn't even the Justice Department. It was the archives (laughs) saying no. And after receiving the March 28th letter from the archives, also known as NARA, House Oversight Committee Chairwoman Carolyn Maloney reached out to Merrick Garland, requesting additional information as to why the Justice Department is preventing the archives from cooperating with the panel. Like you need to know. I feel like she wrote this letter just to let everybody know that the Department of Justice is investigating. Uh, she says, I write today because the DOJ is preventing NARA from cooperating with the committee's request, which is interfering with the committee's investigation. By blocking NARA from producing the documents requested by the committee, the department is obstructing the committee's investigation. But she also adds, we do not wish to interfere in any manner with potential <laughs> or ongoing investigation by the Department of Justice. Just to be clear, the FBI and justice prosecutors routinely conduct reviews when classified materials are found to have been mishandled or stored in ways that don't meet requirements. Moving and storing classified information to the former president's club in Florida would appear to fall outside those guidelines. (laughs) It does. It's also common for the Justice Department to limit information that government agencies share with Congress while an investigation is going on. That's just it's just a no brainer to me. Justice Department declined to comment, which is funny that they even bothered to reach out. Like like all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, yeah, bro, we're investigating. What's up? The archives didn't immediately respond to requests for comment either. So suck it, haters. DOJ's investigating. That's a good way to end that story. I'm going to start this one with one of our favorite ladies. The New York Attorney General, Letitia James, asked a New York court on Thursday to hold the former president, Donald J. Trump, in civil contempt for allegedly failing to comply with a court order that he turn over certain documents for her investigation. Now, state judge Arthur Ingeron. Yep. And wonderful. Sometimes I get him, sometimes I don't. In Fe- <laughs> that time I got it. In February, had ordered Trump to, quote, comply in full with the attorney general's subpoena seeking documents and information. Now, Engeron also ruled that Trump, Donald Trump Jr., and Ivanka Trump should comply with the attorney general's subpoenas for testimony. But Trump's, the Trump's, all of them are appealing that decision. In a motion filed Thursday, the attorney general's office said that the Trump, quote, the Trump, that Trump, quote, did not comply at all with the subpoena for documents and that his attorney said he would not produce any documents in response to the subpoena because his attorneys believe that if the documents exist, the Trump organization would have them. And the attorney general's office, quote, will just have to wait until the Trump organization completes its production to get them. Now, according to new filings, her office had agreed to extend an early March deadline for the documents until March 31st. But rather than produce the documents that day, Trump presented 16 objections to the subpoena's <laughs> demands. Yes, Trump's attorneys also presented the attorney general's office an affidavit for a Trump lawyer claiming that the former president was unable to locate the documents. Did they check the toilet, A.G.? <laughs> <laughs> was, was unable to locate the documents. Mm. 
Oh my God. Uh, documents being, and to the extent the documents even existed, uh, they were in the custody of the Trump organization, which faces a separate subpoena deadline. Okay. James argued on Thursday that Trump's attorney's response amounted to more delay and obfuscation. Obfuscation. <laughs> you would think I'm drinking people. I'm not. It's Thursday. This is supposed to be Amy. It's a weird word. It's got a B and an F next to it. Each yeah. yeah. It's, it. You're not going to see it in Wordle. And it's hard to get out of my mouth. But you know what I'm talking about. So that, it, they, that's what it amounted to. More delays and obfuscation. Saying that his objections came too late. She said that Trump was, quote, highly likely to have been in possession, custody, or control of numerous documents bearing on her investigation that he failed to adequately detail the efforts he undertook to search for the subpoena documents, meaning he, did, he didn't try very hard. Now, right, right. If he had said, hey, look, I looked through all my filing cabinets at home. I went through my car. I went through my other car. I went through the toilet. I couldn't find anything. And so they must be at the Trump organization. You know, he didn't even do that. He was like, right. no, I don't have a Buick. You don't have it. James is asking the court to impose a fine of $10,000 per day or any amount the court deems, quote, sufficient to coerce his compliance with the court's February 2022 order as well as compensation of the attorney general office's cost and fees in filing the motion. You're going to pay for our time and suffering because this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And I think that the court might actually award more than that. They did in the Alex Jones case. In the Alex Jones case, they wanted $25,000 a day until he complied with his subpoena. And the court said, tell you what, we'll do 25 a day and then 50 on day two and then 75 on day three and 100 on day four. And we'll do that until April 15th when it'll be a million bucks. Sound good? And they're like, yeah, that's fucking cool. We're down with that. Let's do it. So that's interesting. All right. So under investigation for 15 boxes of stuff of documents that he stole and now in contempt for not being able to produce documents. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next up. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg publicly discussed his office's investigation into Trump for the first time today, insisting that the inquiry has continued despite the recent resignations of two senior prosecutors who had been leading it. Mr. Bragg said in an interview that his office had recently questioned new witnesses about Mr. Trump and reviewed additional documents, both previously unreported steps in the inquiry. But citing grand jury secrecy rules, Bragg declined to provide details on the new steps in the investigation, which is focused on whether Trump committed a crime and inflating the value of his bullshit. And it remains unclear, I'm paraphrasing, whether Mr. Bragg and his prosecutors have found a productive new route in the investigation, which has already spanned more than three years. For Bragg, a series of interviews on Thursday, as well as the release of a lengthy formal statement represent an attempt to quell the intense criticism he's faced over his handling of the high stakes investigation into the former guy. Uh, yeah. In December, Bragg's predecessor Vance directed two senior prosecutors leading the inquiry, Pomerantz and Dunn, to present evidence to a grand jury. Go ahead, indict, prosecute with the goal of indicting Trump. And Bragg, two months into his tenure, halted the presentation after disagreeing with Pomerantz and Dunn on the strength of their case. Their subsequent resignations led to public criticism of Bragg. I actually put his phone number. I put the, <laughs> I put the Manhattan DA's phone number on Twitter. I was like, call him, <laughs> tell him, give him a ring. This was particularly after the New York Times published a copy of Pomerantz's resignation letter and AG read it in her wildly popular podcast, The Daily Beans. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's Friday. We're allowed to have a little fun. <laughs> Why not? Why not just inject myself into the Washington Post? He said in his letter, Pomerant said, you know, I read it to you, that Trump was guilty of numerous felonies and it was a grave failure of justice not to hold him accountable. 
In the letter, Pomerantz also said the investigation had been suspended indefinitely. In a nearly hour-long interview at his office on Thursday, Bragg disputed Pomerantz's characterization of the investigation, basically calling Pomerantz a liar, but he did not respond directly to the details Pomerantz had disclosed. Huh, weird. Saying the senior prosecutor's letter speaks for itself. Yeah, it does. And it said that you stopped the investigation. (laughs) Bragg vowed in a separate statement released Thursday to publicly announce his decision on whether or not he would seek an indictment. Until now, it was unclear whether he would do so. And I call, I don't give a shit on that. If you decline to prosecute, I don't want to just know that you declined to prosecute. I want to know why you declined to prosecute. If the evidence didn't meet the requirements for prosecution under your criminal prosecuting rules, I I know what the federal ones are, but I don't know what New York states are. I could look them up, I guess, but I'm busy right now reading the news. And I want to know what evidence didn't meet the criteria and why not? I want it laid out like Mueller did his declination decisions in the Mueller report. That's what I want. I want that kind of shit. Absolutely. You just telling me you're declining to prosecute means that this whole bullshit interview was just a tactic to get pressure off your back from everybody being pissed at you. I'm the district attorney, he said. I own this decision, whatever conclusion we come to. Yes, you do. Pomerantz threatened to resign in January, but agreed to stay on in order to make a last-ditch attempt to convince Bragg that the grand jury presentation should continue. Bragg stopped two key witnesses from testifying to the grand jury. So when he tells you, well, we want more avenues and more evidence and new things, then you, you don't stop key witnesses from testifying to the grand jury if you're after more evidence. But he and Mr. Dunn conducted a series of meetings with the district attorney in February, Pomerantz and Dunn, hoping to convince him to charge Trump with conspiracy, conspiracy and falsifying business records. In effect, painting the former president as a liar rather than a thief. Got it? But Bragg remained unconvinced. And on February 22nd, told Mr. Pomerantz and Mr. Dunn he was not ready to proceed. And they resigned the next day. So here we are. And I, for one, you know me, I'm, I'm Mrs. I give you a chance until you give me a reason not to. And I think his bungling and the Pomerantz resignation is a reason not to. So now I'm in the camp of I'll believe it when I see an indictment. You you know, I'm usually against that kind of stuff when it comes to the Department of Justice. But they haven't told us they haven't given us a reason to me, at least to 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 doubt that they're they're going to move forward where I have a reason to doubt Alvin Bragg. Absolutely. And I think it's justified. Now, this last story actually brings me a great amount of joy. Don't know how much is going to come to fruition, but I just want to let everyone know about it. There's a big legal effort to disqualify from re-election lawmakers who participated in events surrounding the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol that has expanded on Thursday when a cluster of voters and progressive groups filed suit against three elected officials in Arizona to bar them under the 14th Amendment from running again. So it's the 14th Amendment. In three separate candidacy challenges filed in Superior Court in Maricopa County, Arizona, voters in the progressive group Free Speech for People targeted Representatives Paul Gosar, Andy Biggs, and State Representative Mark Fincham, who is running for Arizona Secretary of State with the former president's endorsement. Now, it was unclear whether the challenges would go anywhere in an initial squirmish, although led by Free Speech for People. I mean, I'm Oh, yeah. You said squirmish. Oh, yeah. Which I love. Skirmish. In an initial skirmish? <laughs> what, in an initial, what is it? What's skirmish? Is there another word I can use for skirmish? Oh, uh, in an initial <laughs> dust up? <laughs> okay, I'm going to use skirmish. <laughs> a dust, a dust up? A brouhaha? I was like, are you in a saloon? Dust up. <laughs> And then the initial, uh, oh, God, okay. Ballyhoo? 
All right, there you go, Ballyhoo. Okay. Whew. Shenanigans? Initial right. shenanigans? Let me compose myself. Bedlam? <laughs> you can leave this in if you want. Tomfoolery? There you go. That's what we're going to use. It was unclear whether the challenges would go anywhere. An initial skirmish, also led by free speech for the people, it failed to block Representative Madison Cawthorn's candidacy in North Carolina. But they were the latest bids to find a way to punish members of Congress who have encouraged or made common cause with those who stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Now, in all three suits, the plaintiffs claim that the politicians are disqualified from seeking office because their support for rioters who attacked the Capitol made them insurrectionists under the Constitution and therefore barred them under the little-known third section of the 14th Amendment adopted during Reconstruction to punish members of the Confederacy. Now, on Friday, a federal judge in Atlanta, they're actually going to hear Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, her effort to dismiss a case that's been filed against her to strike her from the ballot in Georgia. Now, unless the judge, Amy Totenberg, of the Federal District Court for the Northern District of Georgia, unless she issues a temporary restraining order, an administrative law judge is set to hear arguments next Wednesday on whether Ms. Green should be removed from the ballot. And I sure the fuck hope she is, because how glorious would that be? <laughs> There's so much. I have a feeling that's going to stay. And listen, people, it's Friday. You should enjoy the laughter of your co-hosts. If the, if the editors take it out, there was something really funny, and that's why we're laughing. Oh my God. I hope, I think they're going to, we'll, we'll find out. If we're doing okay on time, they're going to leave it in. Yeah. You have to leave it in. (laughs) We have, we have a bonus story. (sighs) One of two men accused of impersonating federal agents and giving actual secret service agents gifts and free apartments in Washington has claimed to have ties to Pakistani intelligence and had visas showing travel to Pakistan and Iran. That's according to federal prosecutors. The men, Ariane Taharzeda, of a 40-year-old, and Hader Ali, 35, were arrested Wednesday. The FBI raided a luxury apartment building in southeast Washington where the men were staying and had been offering free apartments and other gifts to U.S. Secret Service agents and officers. Now, Tahir Zeta was born in the Midwest, so we're still trying to figure out the ties to Pakistani intelligence and the visas of travel to Pakistan and Iran. But the guy is an American. During a court appearance Thursday, Assistant U.S. Attorney Joshua Rothstein said Ali had told witnesses he was affiliated with the Inter-Services Intelligence Agency in Pakistan and that he had multiple visas from Pakistan and Iran in the months before prosecutors believed the men began impersonating U.S. law enforcement officials. Rothstein said the U.S. had not been able to verify the veracity of his claims. Now, the FBI searched five residences at the building on the Navy Yard on Wednesday in D.C. and three vehicles. They found body armor, gas masks, zip ties, handcuffs, equipment to break through doors, battering rams, drones, radios, and police training manuals. The two men also had surveillance equipment and high-power telescope. The FBI found evidence that they may have been creating surveillance devices and also found a binder with information of all the residents in the apartment building. The FBI also found several firearms, handguns, ammunition, disassembled rifle pieces, and sniper scopes. Prosecutors allege Tahir Zeta and Ali had falsely claimed to work for the Department of Homeland Security and worked on a special task force, undercover covert, investigating gangs and violence connected to the January 6th insurrection. They also said previously to that work, they were working on child sex trafficking cases. Tahir Zeta is accused of providing Secret Service officers and agents with rent-free apartments, including a penthouse worth over $48,000 a year, along with iPhones, 
surveillance systems, a drone, a television, a generator, a gun case, other policing tools. And in one instance, he offered to purchase a $2,000 assault rifle for a Secret Service agent who was assigned to protect the First Lady. Prosecutors allege one of the men also tried to destroy evidence once he learned he was being investigated. Whoopsie. And after Tahir Zeta found out the FBI was starting to investigate him, he took steps to delete posts on social media and admitted that he had deleted the posts that would have been evidence in the case against him. A lawyer for Tahir Zeta and Ali argue that both men should not be detained. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Magistrate Judge Michael Harvey ordered both men held until detention. And there's a hearing today, Friday afternoon. Rostin said the case would be presented to a grand jury. He expects both men to face federal conspiracy charges. So that's going on. It's an insane story. And I'm going to be right back after this quick break to discuss it more with our friend Frank Fagluzzi. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, Beans listeners. It's AG. You know, I've seen firsthand how stressful it can be to pay down debt, especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates and different interest rates. If you're tired of juggling due dates, consolidating your debts with a personal loan could be the answer. One due date per month will simplify your life, and Credit Karma will ensure you find the best option for your budget. With Credit Karma, you can find loan offers tailored to your credit profile so you know how much you might qualify for. Additionally, Credit Karma is able to provide a clear indication of your chances of approval. So before you do that hard pull on your credit, you can choose loan offers you're more likely to be accepted for and apply with greater confidence. On Credit Karma, comparing loan offers is 100% free. It won't affect your credit score and could save you money. Credit Karma, apply with the most confidence today. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Go to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find a loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Federal prosecutors on Wednesday charged two men that say they were posing as federal agents for the Department of Homeland Security and gave free apartments and other gifts to U.S. Secret Service agents living in the building, including one who worked on the FLOTUS security detail. That's Dr. Jill Biden. And joining me to discuss this incredible story is author of The FBI Way, host of the Bureau podcast and former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence, Frank Figluzzi. Hi, Frank. Hey, A.G., this uh, seems to fall into the category, increasingly frequent category of you can't make this stuff up. No, you can't. And if I were in a television writer's room, they'd be like, this is just too on the nose for weirdness. We can't possibly. Well, you know, it's funny because I just finished watching Inventing Anna (laughs) and now I'm in the middle of, um, oh, what's the what's the uh, Theranos uh, series with uh, with uh, Amanda Seyfried. Uh, yeah, oh, I don't know. Oh, Dropout. It's called Dropout. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dropout. Yeah, 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 I was just going to start the Americans again. <laughs> again? Again? <laughs> yes, yeah. I've watched that a few times. Okay. And I always like to watch it with the West Wing, so I feel a little mm. bit better. Yes. <laughs> it's a good palate cleanser. So this is a bizarre story. We've got two guys. You know, these guys were paying for really nice apartments in Navy Yard, which is, by the way, about half a mile away from dnc and rnc headquarters and but apparently they weren't actually making any of the rent payments and so no one was collecting rent on that so why were these guys given such deference and it was it wasn't until a postal service inspector tell us this story well, look, as far as we know, uh, and you've got some, some late-breaking stuff here, but as far as we know, this was discovered because some mail carrier got assaulted in this building, this condo building. And 
Here comes the U.S. Postal Inspectors, who, by the way, I've worked with um, on major cases in my career. They're incredibly professed, uh, professional, and they, they're they very small organization, but they do it. They do their stuff really well. So here they come to investigate an assault on a mail carrier. And they start asking questions around the building, and they start apparently talking to these one or both of these two guys who've now been arrested. And these two guys have the audacity to tell the postal inspectors, uh, hey, uh, we're uh, undercover uh, special, U.S. Special Police Service. And the postal inspectors are like, what, what, what? And, and they start checking, they start checking this out. And of course, it's all bogus. And this leads to this major um, arrest uh, last evening. And, you know, we saw on social media last night, uh, an FBI SWAT team stacked up. Um, behind this condo building. And I'm thinking, well, okay, that only happens when you're afraid of weapons, violence. And sure enough, what do we hear? We hear these two guys were impersonating federal agents, that they there are weapons involved, that they may have purchased weapons for Secret Service agents, that they may have compromised agents who were living rent-free, perhaps, in this luxury condo, reportedly including a penthouse apartment. And so um, the residents of this building reported they thought multiple doors were kicked in uh, yesterday evening, meaning execution, likely, of multiple search warrants. So the, the basic questions are, who are these guys? Uh, who's funding this, if anybody? Who are they working for? Number two, what? What was the objective? What What are they doing? Are they trying to compromise? Are they trying? What, what's the, you know, any scam or con has at its root, roots money. And so how do, I, I'm trying to see a scenario here, A.G., where they produce income, where they, right? We want to hire you to be an agent. We are agents. We, I, I, it's not making sense to me right now. And then the last question, why? Why would Secret Service agents fall for this nonsense? Are Is this just straight out corruption? Is there something much more broken at the service? We know Carol Lennig at the Washington Post wrote an entire book on on the, the, the historical uh problems at the service. What's going on and how do you get this close to the president of the United States, uh, an agent on the security detail of the first lady? Um, how does this go so far? I don't know. Yeah. And, and three of these agents, these secret service agents, two of them are a white house complex secret service. One of them is, is first lady detail. And they were apparently gifted these apartments right after January 6th, right after the insurrection. One of the photos in the uh, affidavit, the the complaint, show it has a timestamp of January 6th, 2021, of him in all this tactical gear. And and this doesn't feel to me like a foreign operation because these guys had PIV cards. They apparently had a DHS laptop or one that was mocked up to look like a DHS laptop and access to all the cameras in the buildings. They were talking about how uh, with this other agent that, you know, this other agent was saying, you know, we just switched for we're about to switch from six hour 229s to Glock 19s. And and the guy's like, oh, that's what I carry. I have the Glock 19. We just made the switch from the six hour a month ago. You know, like these seem like domestic cosplay guys and and not some sort of a foreign op particularly when you consider the alias if an alias was being used what the you know the aliases were what sort i mean it's so hard for me to read this complaint 
and piece together, like you said, what's going on? What's going on inside the Secret Service? Why are they not collecting rent on any of these? I mean, were these guys just going around saying, hey, psst, look, here's my badge. I'm I'm DHI. I'm DHS. And and like some guy at a local dealership gives him a free GMC and somebody at the complex gives him a free free apartment. You know? I can cert- I, I can certainly perhaps see a scenario where they're claiming, look, we're part of this government operation and you know the government budget you know how procurement and contracting works you got to fill out these forms and get are you guys on the list for a for a vendor okay good because you know it's going to take a few months for the money to show up and and i could see people in dc going yeah yeah we're on the list we know okay here's you know i i can see that um i can't see secret service agents falling for this especially as you just pointed out immediately in the aftermath of January 6, everybody on heightened uh, alert. I, I hope this doesn't get more ugly. I hope it's ugly enough, but I, I hope we're, I hope we're not talking about radicalized people. I, I hope we're not talking about some, some operation to compromise uh, the security at the White House. I, I hope, you know, here, I, I realize what I'm about to say, AG, but here we are. You know, I hope it's just corruption and greed. At the Secret Service, I, I hope it's yeah. not. I hope it's not radicalized uh, uh, threat. You know. Yeah, or or it might have been an infiltration, and and perhaps the Secret Service hadn't gotten to the part where they asked them for whatever they were going to get. You know. Yeah. They yeah. might have just been. Sir, and, and let me you know, for my for, for my friends in the Secret Service because we're gonna, I'm going to get the phone calls. I know it already. How about uh, let me just put this this scenario out. Is it possible? That the, when the postal inspectors came upon these these bozos, they reported to the FBI. These guys are pretending to be federal agents, and here comes a sophisticated operation where Secret Service agents now are part of the ploy, part of the investigation, and the ruse, and they're doubled back against these guys, and they're all in on it. I love that scenario. Unfortunately, the Secret Service has told us that. There are several agents that have been placed on administrative leave. So that's probably not not it. Yeah, I mean, it could just be you have to do that if if there's some sort of a pending investigation, whether any wrong was committed or not. They are cooperating uh, with the FBI, as as evidenced in the complaint that that we've read. They're telling them everything that this goes back to these guys dressing up, playing dress up as far back as February of 2020. But yeah, it, it seems... It stretches credulity that a government worker would accept for now over a year a free penthouse in an apartment. Uh, But, you know, one of the one of the people actually let him shoot him with an airsoft rifle to see because he basically what happens is these these two guys were saying, yeah, we can hire you for the DHS to be on our special force. Uh, but you know, you have to make sure you have a pain tolerance. So I got to shoot you with this airsoft rifle. And the, the person agreed to it. Yeah. So they could be victims in this case. We just don't know. We don't know enough yet. Yeah. And of course, the thing is, you know, for those keeping track at home of uh, Washington bureaucracy, the Secret Service is part of the Department of Homeland Security as of, you know, when that agency was created, much to their chagrin back then, by the way. Yes. (laughs) And uh, what were these bad guys pretending to be? Well, if I read the report correctly, some kind of super secret arm of Homeland Security. So Secret Service could have picked up the phone and, and right to their own umbrella organization and said, 
do we have a secret police uh, thing going on here? And and um, found out that no, they don't. And but maybe they did find that out. We we don't know yet. We don't know. Yeah, or I could see a scenario where one of the two guys was like, "Don't even call them and tell them they don't even know. It's so covert. You know, yeah. we can't alert them to it, or they'll shut us down." Because there's no budget for it, well, and we're on our own, or yeah. you know, I mean, the government is so big now and sprawling. You wouldn't be suggesting that maybe an IQ test should be part of continued <laughs> employment. Now I'm writing the script for the Netflix series that you and mm. I have discussed, but I mean, it, it's just it 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 does seem improbable. We'll, I think we'll find out a lot more as time goes by here. But that that it took a postal service inspector is. Yeah, and I, I, and I have to, I got to tell you, for people who don't know this, um, U.S. postal inspectors are, they're, they're awesome. I've worked They with arrested them. Bannon. <laughs> yeah, well, right. I, I, on, on the high seas, maybe, perhaps. Yes, yeah. on a, yes. a Guo Wengwei boat or a, no, a gal boat. Yeah, yeah. they totally picked him up on my, a uh, my, my first, ins- my first exposure to them was as a very young FBI agent in Atlanta, Georgia. Very early in my career, and we had a serial bombing case. I mean, it was a, a, a guy named Walter Leroy Moody who had killed a federal judge, Judge Vance, in Alabama. Yeah, that, yeah, I remember that yeah. story. And a civil rights lawyer in Savannah, and bombs were being mailed to federal courthouses. And I'm part of this case, as is everybody in the South now. And um, I get paired up with a on the task force with a postal inspector. And I'm like, who the who the heck is this? And and turns out they're awesome, and uh, they're very tiny. They just do mail crimes, but if you think about it. Everything, everything is mail fraud, right? So, yeah. <laughs> they, did something, did something go in the mail? Okay, so yeah, they're really good, and um, God, God bless them. It's great. Yeah, and that judge is the father of Joyce Vance's husband. Uh, that's correct. Yep, her okay. Joyce Vance's father-in-law. Which, and we talked about that on a, on our podcast when I had Joyce as my guest. Yeah, well, we're going to see a lot more of this. I look forward to having you back on to explain future filings because. This is uh, such an incredible story. And when I say incredible, I mean it in, in the mind-blowing sense of the word and, and not radical. It's just mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling to me that this kind of stuff could go down, especially with the multiple trainings that we all take in the government to be able to see insider threats that we have to take. We have to take them biannually. It's very important. And that these guys coasted for almost for two years and it and it took a postal inspector and and the, uh, right you're right they're amazing over there in their investigative work at the USPS but it, sh- it shouldn't have taken it shouldn't have taken that long anyway time will tell time yep. will tell time will tell we'll talk to you soon all right everybody check out the FBI way listen to the bureau the podcast former assistant director of the FBI for counter intel Frank Figlusi I appreciate your time today take care agent everybody stick around we'll be right back. Hello, Leguminati. It is AG for the Daily Beans, and our show today is brought to you by Hunter Douglas. You know, I just recently remodeled my entire house. I gutted everything, and I really needed to find some good window dressings, and that's where Hunter Douglas came into play, because it doesn't just they don't just create beautiful window dressings. They create an ambiance in your home, and they help you save energy, and they help you with your privacy. They make expertly crafted window treatments at Hunter Douglas, beautiful fabrics and systems that automatically adjust to their ideal positions throughout the day. It's called PowerView Technology, and it's by Hunter Douglas, and it automatically adjusts your shades for maximum light control, privacy, and insulation, regardless of what time it is. Hunter Douglas shades diffuse harsh sunlight so that your room has an even, pleasant, beautiful, calming glow. They ensure your privacy so you can see out, but people can't see in, and it helps you save money by keeping your room warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. 
So we ease the strain on our electrical grids. It's sustainable. These are awesome. As a result, your home is more functional, stylish, comfortable, and also affordable uh, with your electricity bills. I love the way PowerView automatically adjusts. They automatically adjust. So no matter what time it is, you always get the perfect balance of light, privacy, and insulation. I highly recommend checking out Hunter Douglas. Just go to HunterDouglas.com slash Daily Beans today. Get your free Style Gets Smarter design guide. They have fresh takes, creative ideas, and smart solutions for dressing all your windows. That's HunterDouglas.com slash Daily Beans for your free design guide. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. And if you have any good news or pictures or anything, just, you know what, anything, anything you want to send us, including our new game, Your Silly Superpower, you can do that by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. And again, if it would really help us out if you would subscribe, if you haven't subscribed, and if you would give us a rating, we would love a five-star rating from you. It helps get the fascists off the charts. Every time you guys do ratings for us, we beat like Hannity in the ratings and it's, it's so much fun. So let's, let's do that. And uh, if for some reason the, the beans isn't popping up in your feed anymore, on Apple Podcasts specifically, uh, they said that they've done nothing wrong. I don't know what's happening, but all you have to do is unsubscribe and resubscribe, and that'll fix it. So maybe give that a shot. And with that, yes, I'm going to open us up with a submission from Debbie, pronoun she and her. And she said, I wanted to request a correction and hill I will die on regarding <laughs> the Oklahoma abortion legislation. In the reporting, the legislation and legislators were perf- referred to as pro-life. The term pro-life is misleading at best. I think of the term pro-life as a right-wing talking point. Please call anti-abortionists what they are. There are several ways to reference these laws and lawmakers. Anti-healthcare, anti-women, anti-abortion, anti-women, anti-reproductive rights, anti-choice, or more simply fucking assholes. <laughs> there you have it. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you for the news with swears dying on this hill with me. For pet tax, I've attached pictures of my two rescue kitties, Truffles, the Calico, and Marcy. Both were rescued in the past year. It took a few months of hard work, but my two babies are now thick as thieves. And they oh! are cute. Oh, these are beautiful babies. They are, and they love each... Oh, my God, the last picture. Stop it. Get out of here. I know. I know. And uh, I just want to let you know, Debbie, sometimes we're reading from articles other people publish, and sometimes that happens, and I will do my level best to make sure that other people's bad reporting doesn't get into ours. (laughs) There you go. We will do what we can for sure. Okay, um, let's see. This is a short one here. Justin, pronouns he and him. Just wanted to drop a line and tell y'all how much I appreciate you guys and the work you put into the show, keeping the rest of us informed and entertained. Attached is where's the cat? It's a tough one, too. LOL. Thank you, AGDG, Amy, and all the rest of y'all make my mornings better. And oh, look at the baby. I see the kitty. Hello. Hello, baby kitty. On the other side of the couch next to the blue curtain. Hello. Oh, my goodness. So cute. Thank you. Yeah, that was another thing. Um, somebody just said uh, they wanted to just send a thank you. And so if you have thank yous, there you, have it. you can send those too. Thank you, Justin. You want to take the next one? Too? Sure. This is from T, pronoun he. <laughs> I like that. Good morning, AG and DG. Thank you for delivering the news in a fun and informative way. It's the perfect way to start my day. I'm a fifth grade teacher and it's wonderful to have students back in person, but there have been some tough times. Only time will tell how much damage the pandemic has caused. In an effort to focus on the positive, I borrowed your, quote, good news segment in my class today. I handed every child an index card at the beginning of class and had them write down one thing that was good in their life. The responses brought a smile to my face and a tear to my eye. 
It's not always easy to find the good, but it's out there if we keep grinding. I apologize for not paying a pet tax, but perhaps a confession would suffice. Thanks to Eddie Murphy's delirious album, every time I pass lemonade in a store, I softly sing, lemonade, that cool, refreshing drink. <laughs> Want to look psych. Oh, that was raw. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for being a teacher. That's such a hard job. Also, I love that you did and incorporated the good news. I think that mm-hmm. you, everyone should do that. Even if you're not a teacher, just start handing out three by five cards to strangers and be like, write something down. Yes. Write something good down, please. Tell me something good. All right. Next up from Alexis, pronoun she and her, whoopee, future whoopee, and a maker maybe. Hi, everyone. During the pandemic, I had a lot of practice with crochet and knitting. Hats off to my sis-in-law for teaching me. Since the world was closed for maintenance, I also picked up sewing. The idea was to start making my own costumes, but I ended up learning to quilt and making teddy bears. As soon as I shared this with friends, I got requests for toys and blankets. That's how it goes. That's how it goes, Alexis. I had one poorly made mini quilt and a janky ass bear-like toy under my belt. (laughs) I warned my buddies, but they said they were into it. Attached is my latest creation, finished today, which was nine or so months in the making. Two baby quilts and two bears. One looks like he's seen tough times and the other might have a thyroid issue. (laughs) I'm sure the babies will love it. They won't be too judgy, right? Thanks for all you do. Your good news segment is my light in dark places. Oh my goodness. These are fantastic. Yes, they are. I would take either of those little guys. Oh, the twinkle, twinkle little star with the Care Bear. I know. I remember that. I love the Care Bear stare. And once upon a time, these, I want, oh. I know. These are, they're going to have these their whole lives. These are beautiful. They really are. Thank you so much for that. Thyroid problem. I know. That made me laugh. I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is from Susan Pronoun. She and her. Hi, Beans Queens. My good news is that one of my favorite musicians, John Batista, he won five Grammy Awards. I've been a big fan since I first heard him on Stephen Colbert's show. The joy just bursts out in every note he plays. This is the kind of musician we need right now. I was so touched by his speech when he said, I believe this to my core. There is no best musician, best artist, best dancer, best actor. The creative arts are subjective and they reach people at a point in their lives when they need it most. It's like a song or an album is made and it's almost like it has a radar to find the person when they need it the most. And that was an incredible speech. Now, I think a lot of us needed this music right now. I think he could use all of our collective positive vibes and energy right now as his wife battles leukemia. Absolutely. I don't have pot pet tax as our sweet 12-year-old boxer Maggie crossed the bridge last September. Instead, I have a new game for you. Count the caterpillars. (laughs) Oh, everybody will want to be into this one. (laughs) Totally. We cut our milkweed back in October as we're supposed to. So that monarchs aren't left here after they should have migrated. However, due to the unseasonably warm weather we've had, it sprouted back vigorously. A monarch found it in December, and we had a bumper crop of caterpillars. They're tiny when first hatched, so it's hard to see them. As they grow, they become easy to spot with their cheerful yellow and black stripes and droopy antennas. So see if you can spot all the ones in this first photo. The second photo is from today. This is the first baby of the year I've seen. Although earlier, I knew he was there since I found plenty of chew holes on the milkweed's leaves. I'll keep you updated as more babies arrive. Thank you for all you do. I appreciate all of your hard work and listen every morning. Look at these caterpillars. Oh my God. Okay, so I count one, two, two, three, four. Five. Is that five down there at the bottom? No, six. Um... Okay, so I see six. I think you're missing the one that's curled up on the leaf at the top right corner. 
And then if you go down another leaf, there is a head sticking out of that one of another oh, caterpillar. There we go. All right. So yeah, that was fun. It was like highlights magazine. I <laughs> know. <laughs> and then there's a baby. Hi, baby. Oh, hi, the baby. Seven, seven caterp- caterpillars in the photo. Oh, that means I even missed one. Oh, all right. Well, one, two, let's have three, to look at it. Four, five, six. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm missing six. Unless that's two, that real long one right in the middle is two. I mean, it could be. I don't know. I'll look later. All right. Anyway, thank you for this. That's a fun game. You're that's right. Fun. It was like Highlights Magazine. <laughs> All right. And we're going to finish our day with a submission from Coffee Crush Adam in Seattle. Woohoo! I'm so excited to read this. Pronouns <laughs> he and him. You wanted thank you? I'll give you some fucking thank yous. Longtime <laughs> listener and frequent writer here. Fucking thank you for this show. Every guest, every host has been fucking grade A Twitter follow. You're such an integral part of my morning routine. Fuck, you were an integral part of my morning routine during that orange-stained, stubby-fingered, family-wide Krugavi Ravyok. That's Russian for circle jerk. I don't know. (laughs) I fucking Googled it. I know... Known as the Trump administration. So I thought it was... Your show makes me feel smarter and more tuned into what's happening and how shit works. People think I'm smart now. Ha, joke's on them. I have a fucking arts degree. Any fucking way. So happy to hear you every day to watch you succeed and excel at what you do. News with swearing. Gotta fucking love it. P.S. Cat pick included. His name is Dr. Biscuits. (laughs) P.P.S. Working on my first design for live and in-person theater. Live, excuse me. Live and in-person theater. (laughs) Since the pandemic drove the industry into the ground, Tin Cat Shoes, produced by Washington Ensemble Theater, Broadway has backers and money. Go see some fringe theater where it's all blood, sweat, and tears, and you'll feel it and maybe smell it if you're in the front row. (laughs) Every dollar you spend at a fringe independent broke as fuck theater helps your city's art scene weird and vibrant for the fucking tech bros who don't give a shit. Yeah. Well done, Adam. Coffee crush, Adam. Ugh. Okay. All right. So my cat licks, licks plastic bags too. I don't know what that's about. Wow. I don't either. Um, somebody once said that the, the you know the vegetable oil that's need to make them is I don't I don't know. But my my tuxedo, interesting, does that as well. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that. That was a very fun submission, Adam. Yeah. And you didn't give us an update on the coffee crush barista. Maybe that story ended. I don't mm. think so though. I don't remember it being resolved. You'll have to let us know. There you have. And if you have anything you want to send in, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Everyone, you're welcome. Dana, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I will be, yeah, just um, as I go to Houston this weekend um, to tell some jokes and raise some money to help support the human rights campaign, I ask that sometime over Saturday and Sunday, you just do a small act of kindness for a stranger. Leave a note on the car, like AG said, pay for someone's coffee without their knowledge. Just smile at someone on the street. Just spread some joy. So that would be my my hope for you this weekend. Yeah, it comes back tenfold. It really does. I can confirm. Indeed. Thank you for that. And, uh, oh, it's Friday, so I'm not going to hear, I'm not going to see you guys until, or talk at you guys, I guess. <laughs> like, here, see? No, I don't do any of that. Till Sunday with uh, Muller She Wrote in the MSW Book Club, and then we'll be back Monday in your ears. So everybody, until then... Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. Oh, and vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And Donald Trump is under investigation by the Department of Justice. Them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill, with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane. 
with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>